And sometimes band-aids actually make things worse because they give you the illusion of something improving. But actually what's happening is you're putting a band-aid on top of a broken bone. You're cleaning up the mess and the blood and making it look pretty and slapping on a band-aid. And it tricks you into thinking that there's actually some forward motion, that there's been growth. There's been deeper healing, but all the while underneath, at least for me and many of the clients that I work with, they tell me that I've been searching for this kind of stuff for like years. Because the bone is broken underneath and we're doing cosmetic sort of just make do stuff on top. Welcome to Your Brain on Trauma, where we share science-based tools to heal from childhood traumas so you can let go of patterns that might be holding you back, have better relationships, and pass on a legacy that you're proud of. I'm your host, Dr. Kavita Sun. I'm a Harvard-trained psychiatrist, a trauma recovery coach, and a survivor myself. I'm super honored to have you here. I've got so much to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello, my podcast family. How are you? How are you doing? I've been hearing from so many of you. You've been sending me private messages on Facebook and um, you've been reaching out to me through all the ways, social media, email. It has been wonderful to hear from each and every one of you. I cannot tell you how just fills my heart. It makes my day. It, it, you are part of my healing. When I hear from you, it is sort of like um, honey <laughs> spreading through me. So thank you. Thank you so much. I love hearing from you. Keep all the notes and messages and reviews and everything else coming. And also continue sharing with me. Many of you have written to me asking for certain topics to be covered. And I've already added them to my queue for podcast topics. So if there's anything that you want to hear more about, please feel free to send me a private message on Facebook. Um, my email is also in the show notes. You can just email me. Feel free to reach out and let me know what you'd like to see me talk about. All right, so what's happening? I hope your day is having a pause, a slowing, a softening right now that is allowing you to pop on some headphones maybe and spend some few minutes with me. I'm so honored. And if this is your first time, tuning in. Maybe somebody sent you the podcast and maybe this is the first time you're in my world. If so, welcome. Welcome and thank you for being in my world and for letting me be a tiny part of yours. It's an honor. So today I'm going to be talking about my model that I use with my clients for permanent healing. I call this no more band-aids. And the reason I am using those exact words is because 
myself for at least a decade and a half, I was doing a bunch of things, but they were all like band-aids. You know, I would do a little bit here, maybe go for a few therapy sessions. And then I would, you know, go do yoga for a little bit. And then I would try to meditate for a little bit. And then I would um, go on this self-love slash self-care thingy, you know, a journey for a few weeks. I would do bits and pieces here and there, kind of like throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. And it's not that none of them helped, but they were all temporary. They were all Band-Aids. And sometimes Band-Aids actually make things worse because they give you the illusion of something improving. But actually what's happening is you're putting a Band-Aid on top of a broken bone. You're cleaning up the mess and the blood and making it look pretty and slapping on a Band-Aid. And it tricks you into thinking that there's actually some forward motion, that there's been growth, there's been deeper healing. But all the while underneath, at least for me and many of the clients that I work with, they tell me that I've been searching for this kind of stuff for like years. Because the bone is broken underneath and we're doing cosmetic sort of just make do stuff on top, you know. So when I really um, went stumbling, (laughs) I I will say trial and error with a lot more error than trial, a lot of stumbling, a lot of falling on my ass, getting my ass handed to me, really. (laughs) Many things that did not work and many things that did. And then I would go deeper and look for the next layer in the things that did work. It was, it's a long, it's been a long journey. (laughs) And it's only in the last few years that I fully grasped that there are three essential ingredients to permanent healing. First of all, in this day and age, with most of us being on antidepressants forever or in and out of therapy forever, we sort of had this cultural agreement that healing can never be over, that they can never be, we can never be truly fully healed, right? Because there doesn't seem to be a model for that. Heck, we can even get a cure from cancer these days for some types of cancer. But for emotional wounds, we've sort of compromised for a lukewarm, so-so kind of solution. It's the best we got. And I want to tell you that there is a possibility for complete healing for joyful, free, sovereign living, for relationships that feel light and nourishing and unconditionally safe and fun and play. All of that is absolutely possible for you, no matter 
how you were raised no matter what happened in your distant past or in your even in your recent past complete healing is possible for you if you're having a hard time believing that because we are immersed in this cultural contract that we've all signed that we can only expect to be so so healed just lean on my knowing for now because i've seen it i've seen it in my own life and i've seen it in the lives of my clients so lean on my belief for now if you need to but i'm telling you it's possible for you it's possible that your children inherit that as their legacy okay so what are the three ingredients that i found to be essential and i'm going to share with you three ingredients then i'm going to share with you the theoretical framework that i use to approach these three ingredients okay the first one well let me just name the three ingredients first i call it mind body love okay what i mean by that is we need i'm going to show you how to do that but we need a system that can fully heal our wounds in our emotional memory fields not put something on top of them like for example talk therapy cbt those sort of approaches what they do is they take behavioral tools and they put it on top of old patterns and wounds the problem with that is once you're triggered once your trauma bells go off the older pathways will always win out because they're deeper in your brain they've just been rehearsed so many times they're just stronger so we need a path a, a, a sort of an approach which actually removes the past pathways completely and then lays down new ones not just slap something on top of the old okay and the way i do that is by using the theoretical framework called internal family systems developed by richard schwartz and i use that in a slightly modified way in my own way but the theoretical framework is from ifs by richard schwartz and i'm going to do a whole podcast episode on ifs in the near future but for now i'm just going to give you the sort of overview 101 level so what we do here is in ifs the ifs sees the mind as having three parts it divides the mind into protectors exiles and the self what that means is when we are when we undergo difficult situations and it could be big traumas it could be small relational disappointments right it could be a series of small disappointments that add up whatever it is 
IFS says that we develop protective mechanisms in order to survive, which sort of intuitively makes sense, right? We all either learn to um, use our intellect and shut off our feeling world or shut off our ability to sense our bodies or we learn to walk on eggshells and be a perfect good girl. We, we learn to succeed academically as a way to um, protect ourselves and earn love. We do all kinds of things. Some of us learn never to feel angry. Some of us learn that anger is the way to go, right? So IFS calls all of these patterns that we pick up in order to survive as protectors. And so it begs the question, what are the protectors protecting, <laughs> right? And in the IFS model, the wound, the hurt, the fear, the sadness, the vulnerability, the longing that you were trying to push down is what the protector is now protecting. Because that disappointment, that sadness, that longing, that fear, that anger is still there, but it's sort of uh, crystallized into a frozen shard of glass, kind of, okay? And it's so deeply buried in our psyche that we don't quite remember it often. This is what in trauma science is often referred to as implicit memories. They're memories that we only know as sensations, feelings, certain smells, certain images. We may not have a coherent narrative. The book, The Body Keeps a Score um, by... Bessel van der Kolk goes into this in great detail. He's a preeminent researcher in this field. In any case, the protectors are the behavioral patterns we pick up in order to survive. And what is protecting are the soft, vulnerable, scared little parts that are called exiles. And the third part is called the self. The self, according to IFS, is there in everybody. It is the part of us that is calm, clear, curious, compassionate, courageous, right? It's the part of us that is the highest self, our highest selves. And IFS sees everybody as having a self, being born with a self, and having always the capacity to connect to the self, except the self often gets booted from the main driver's seat by the protectors. Because the protectors see it as their job to act a certain way in order to help you survive. Okay, so that's just a very, very basic, high level, like Mountain View 101 intro to internal family systems. 
And I use this theoretical framework with my own twist in order to help my clients relax their protectors and actually be able to access and release and heal the pathways that represent exile energy. And we do that by first teaching you how to access your self-energy so that you don't get overwhelmed or scared of the protector or the exile energy. You need to feel steady inside to do this work, which is interesting because most other therapies, the goal is to get you to that stable, steady place eventually. Maybe, you know, after five years of therapy, you'll get there. But in IFS, we start with that. Isn't that amazing? There are processes and procedures that we can do to help you access that self-energy right here, right now. In the first session with my clients, I help them find that. So that is how we do the mind work. Then there's the body piece. And here I use a combination of polyvagal theory and somatic experiencing. Polyvagal theory was discovered and developed by Stephen Porges and somatic experiencing by Peter Levine. They're both very uh, elegant and complementary ways of approaching your nervous system, your body, which is where a lot of the startle response and the implicit memories and the automatic reactions happen, your autonomic nervous system, really. And when we don't heal at the level of the body and the autonomic nervous system, what happens is when you get triggered, since a lot of it is implicit and it's in your nervous system and beyond the ability to access with language or with words, even if you heal your psyche, your body will still keep you in the trauma loop and the trauma behaviors because it's beyond your control. It happens before you can blink, right? So again, I'll do a whole episode on polyvagal and somatic experiencing. But in brief, our goal is to have you spend as much time as possible in what's called a ventral vagal state. This is the part of your autonomic nervous system, a part of your parasympathetic branch of your autonomic nervous system that is responsible for you feeling safe, open, relaxed, playful, curious, creative. And it's a part of your 10th cranial nerve, the vagus nerve. So without getting too technical, our goal is to move you away from too much sympathetic arousal and away from too much collapsed dorsal parasympathetic and move you closer and closer to spend more and more time in ventral vagal, which is the open, curious, playful state of being that you occupy when, you know, when you're with your best friends, and you know that you are safe and you are loved 
and you're joking around and you're relaxed and everything just feels okay. Everything just feels right. We've all been in those states. They're heavenly, right? They're ordinary but extraordinary moments. And those little moments, the more people are healed and in secure, um, sort of security inside, the more those people tend to be in ventral vagal state. And our goal, and there's ways to do that, is to help you get there. And the final part is love. Now, we are social beings, right? Human beings are social beings. In fact, one of the hardest things to tolerate as a human being is loneliness. That's why solitary confinement is terrifying. It's the worst thing you can do to a human being. That doesn't mean that everybody should be an extrovert. That's not what we're talking about. Everyone has a unique level of how much attachment and how much solitude they need. However, if we are still in the trauma energy, we often struggle in having authentic, nourishing, playful, safe relationships. Our relationships often feel strained, push and pull, power struggle, hurt, feeling rejected, feeling abandoned, feeling lonely, walking on eggshells, any combination of any of those, right? Relationships are a mirror of what is happening inside of us and what is happening and how we perceive the space just around us. So what's happening inside my body and what's happening right in my environment, I take all of that and I make meaning of it and then I project it onto my relationships. Okay. The other thing that complicates trauma recovery is that if I have had some trauma in my life, I often search out unconsciously a partner who also has their own trauma. And so we end up creating a trauma ecosystem where there's codependency and push and pull. Right? So part of complete healing from the past is being able to heal your psyche and your nervous system and then being able to take that safety and steadiness and security into your relationships. And learning how to have authentic communication, authentic communication, which I define briefly as being able to express your truth while also staying connected. Sounds easier than it is, right? We often either don't express ourselves at all and we swallow and swallow and then finally we may completely disengage or we may burst out at which point we have lost connection. 
So we sacrifice who we are in order to maintain connection until we can't do it anymore and then we lose connection. We need to find a way to hold both. And that's what authentic relating is in my mind. And I have a five-step process that I teach my clients that allows them to hold firm and gentle boundaries, to resolve disagreements and difference of opinion in a way that is fair and kind to both people involved, and to deepen your relationships so that it's not just a transactional, superficial kind of thing, which is what also a lot of trauma relationships, they will have phases of either being angry or phases of just being completely checked out. So these are the three pieces. Just one or two is not enough. Talk therapy alone is not enough. CBT alone is not enough. We need to go deep and we need to heal all three layers. Our psyche, our bodies, and the way we show up in the world and relate with other human beings. That is permanent healing. And it is possible. Not only possible, there is an exact science-based way to move through all three stages. So I want to give you that today. What you choose to do with it is completely up to you, right? Obviously. But I hope that you will see that the, this sort of, oh, well, such as life, Life is stressful. People can be jerks sometimes. This sort of venting, blaming, feeling hopeless, feeling like an imposter, having the push and pull relationships, that is not a life sentence. That is the result of things that have happened to your brain pathways and your nervous system that has then created certain ways of relationships that you're repeating over and over. And it is possible to completely heal that so that the self, the part of you that is calm, curious, connected, compassionate, playful, creative, courageous, that part of you that's always there can be in the driver's seat. I hope, please, please know that that's possible for you, no matter what happened in your life, okay? Thank you for spending this time with me. I love you. I see your heart. I, yeah, you matter. I wish I could just reach through the phone and give you a hug. Big hugs from all the way here, my friend. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
Hi, my friend. If you found this episode helpful, come join us in our free Facebook group called Your Brain on Trauma. The link is in the show notes. And there is a whole community there of women just like you who are on this sacred healing journey. We cannot heal in isolation. We need community. And that's what we have in our free Facebook group. I'll see you there.